All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Uh, not not every loss is, uh, is is worth freaking out about. Sometimes you can look at a game and just go, hey. Team didn't have their best stuff. That's the way it is. Uh, let's get into that game last night against the Wild because the Oilers, it was, ah, it was not good. Let's start with the lead. Oilers Nation every day, as always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio with three locations in Edmonton and in the Edmonton area and available online at sportscloset.ca. Everything for the sports fan in your life this holiday season. The lead is brought to you by Soho on Jasper Ave. They have a huge 100-inch screen for game days and for Friday nights like tonight when there's no Oilers game on. Just head down there. It's a great music spot as well. It's also a great spot for lunch. They have like a turkey club and chicken noodle soup on special today for nine bucks. SohoYeg.com if you want to learn more. Last night, scheduled loss. I mean, heading into a game, Minnesota's not that good. We talked about that yesterday, but their travel, Edmonton's travel over the last five, six days has been brutal. You're out on the East Coast. You fly home for one game against the Panthers. You then head back East. You play Chicago. You beat Chicago. You've won three in a row. You don't get into Minnesota until 3 a.m. You play a team that is boring in the wild. They kind of put you to sleep and you lose. You're three and one in your last four games. I don't look at that game last night and say that's any sort of indictment on the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think it says much about them other than they are banged up. They played a lot of hockey. They did a lot of travel. 
And sometimes you're just going to lose a hockey game. The fact that that game was actually close, I think, is in a weird way a credit to the Edmonton Oilers. And here's a hot take. They kind of deserved a point, maybe. They scored three goals against the Minnesota Wild. I, I think there's something to be said about like, hey, they deserve to bring that game to overtime. If they would have gotten that game to OT, I wouldn't have sat there and been like, well, got away with one. McDavid, Drysaddle each found the back of the net. Clem Costin found the back of the net late with like four seconds to go. So, I mean, whatever. Maybe you want to look at that as kind of like a junk goal and, and it's whatever. But I don't know. I didn't think last night was like the worst they've looked in the last month. Far from it, actually. Far from the worst they've looked over the course of the last month. So I, I'm not super worried about that loss. I'm more looking forward to the upcoming homestand where they got some games that this team should be licking their chops with some of these matchups. They should go on a bit of a run right now. And if they don't, I think it's borderline inexcusable. I see you guys are very active in the YouTube chat and I have a funny feeling I know what that's about. I think I know what people are going to be upset about. Uh, before we get to that, though, my three big things from last night's game presented by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage, your destination for commercial, home, auto insurance. Over 90 years of success, they insure the nation truck. I'm pretty sure they insure bag milks, Alfa Romeo. Why can't they insure your vehicle as well? Check them out, Cornerstone at Yeg. Uh, my number one thing, let's split up McDavid and Dreisaitl. I don't think there's enough going on on this Oilers lineup when they're playing together. Last night was kind of an example of it. McDavid and Drysaddle on the ice, they were fine. I think that trio generally they had some decent looks. Connor McDavid was on the ice for, they were basically on the ice for six shots, 13 shot attempts together. They were okay. I didn't think that was a bad game for McDavid, Drysaddle, and Hyman. You know what you're going to get from them, but from the rest of the team, there was just no offensive pulse in that hockey game. And I, I think. I think you need to split them up. If everyone's healthy and you could run like Nuge, Pugliarvi, and Kane as a second line or something like that, then maybe you can get away with it because there's a bit more juice on that second line. Maybe this is an example of why you need to go get a centerman. Because, hey, if you have Jonathan Taves and your second line is Taves, Kane, and Nugent Hopkins, and yeah, maybe you can get away with Drysaddle and McDavid on the same line. But right now, there's just not enough. They barely got to 20 shots last night. I think they were under 15 shots for like the bulk of that third period as well. There's not enough in the bottom nine, we'll call it, when McDavid and Drysaddle are together. You're back on home ice. I think you got to split them up. That is my one big thing. Number two, he found the back of the net last night. Number 21, Clean Costin. He's legit. Seems like every time he plays, there's more good stuff going on than bad stuff. You know, when he's on the ice, I think this guy's found himself a spot in the lineup. He's big. He has, he's good, he has good puck skills. He gets a lot of rubber on net, or at least towards the net. He's not afraid to mix it up after the whistle. We saw him yesterday yapping with Ryan Reeves a little bit. I love it. He brings you, I think in a way, everything you want in a bottom six forward. So in that sense, he's got to stay in. Um, not that there was ever any sign that they were taking him out. I know he didn't play against Chicago because of the work visa issue, but I absolutely love what I'm seeing from the guy. That was an astute move by Ken Holland, flipping Dmitry Samurakov, a guy who was never going to play in this lineup. He was never going to jump all three of Broberg, Murray, and Nima Linen on this depth chart. Flip him for a guy who I think is going to be an incredibly useful part of this team going forward. I would go ahead and say they got to give him a look in the top six. You're banged up right now. He can, I think he's got some offense in him. 
I think he's hard on the forecheck. I think Liam made this point a couple of weeks ago, and maybe I'll, I'll let him back this up. I know you're about to stand up and walk away, Liam. I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> but like Clem Costin, I think this is a guy who could actually work with some skilled players on his line. Yeah, I think he brings a different kind of kind of play to the Oilers lineup. And like we saw that goal yesterday, he literally just shot the puck from distance and got, call it luck, call it what you want, yeah. went in. And yeah. the Oilers struggled to do that as a whole last night. It's too bad there was only four seconds left in the game when he scored it. But you look at the rest of the top six, like maybe if you do split up McDavid and Dreisaitl, then you add a little bit more depth with Costin, I think. Like, yeah, Mark's done well in the past couple of games and he got that goal, obviously, but maybe... Maybe that's where you shave things up because he's not going to do much else with Devin Shore and Derek Ryan, unfortunately, right now. And mm. obviously that bottom line is, uh, the fourth line is young too. So you kind of got excuses there. But I, I like I like the real clean shady, you know, he's a he's a good player. Yeah, I, I think you either got to, you need to play him with skill, bottom line. And I don't think Devin Shore is that mm. guy. I would either put Costin up on the second line, like you said, or I would move Holloway to the middle and I would run Holloway, Derek Ryan, and Clean Costin as your third line and your fourth line's just going to be an absolute throwaway right now until you start to get a little bit healthier. Uh, finally, the third big thing that I noticed last night, and how could you not notice it, it was the play of Jack Campbell. Another subpar game from the Oilers' $5 million man. At even strength, he allowed three goals on 25 shots on the power play. He allowed two goals or on the PK, I should say. He allowed two goals on four shots. It's not even just the numbers either. It's how he's looked with some of these. In the first period, I don't know if you noticed this one, Liam, but he got beat clean. Shot coming in on the left side of the ice. It snuck under his arm, rang off the post. And as soon as that one happened, I was sitting there watching the game and I'm like, he doesn't have it again tonight. And you go through the goals that were scored. You know, the Sam Steele one, which was ultimately the game winner. That one's not on him. Although he was no. still, he just got pulled so far out of position that it was it was hard to watch. But that one's not on him. Some of those, though, like the Freddie Goudreau backhander, he's just, he shriveled up. He looks so small between the pipes. And you compare that, even just in the pictures we have on a side-by-side -side of like Campbell and Skinner, Stuart Skinner is a monster of a man. And he takes up a big amount of the net. Jack Campbell, he's got the small shoulder pads. I get it. That's what he's always worn. But he just looks tiny. And maybe it's even a confidence thing between the pipes. But he looks small. He's playing small. And none of those goals last night were ugly, right? They weren't like the Dallas game or the Carolina game where he was just giving them up from everywhere. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy can't stop a beach ball. None of them were egregious. But all of them were stoppable with the exception of the steel goal, in my opinion. Yeah, and to correct my own work, he only has two wins on the on the last five, not six. That doesn't make any sense. But also, just with Campbell, like that's a that's a big difference between the two of of him and Skinner. Unfortunately, is the goals that Skinner's laying in. Besides, probably that New Jersey game that might have been that was probably in his last five. That you know the goals that are going in on Skinner are a little bit more excusable. It's like, that was just a good goal. And unfortunately with Campbell, it's just clearly a confidence thing with him. Like he is struggling hard and you know what? The Oilers, they got to throw themselves in front of everything for him. Just help the guy out as much as you can. Like just, I don't know if I was, that was my goaltender. I'd really just want to play for him at the moment. And at some points mm -hmm. in that game, you see the goals, like the, the Sam Steele one, like you said, like wasn't Dylan Holloway the last guy back on that one or whatever it was? And it's just like, how is this kind of happening? Like you got to fight for him at the moment and he's clearly fighting it hard himself. And 
I think the Oilers got to rally for him. And like they, we see when they play for Skinner, it's, it's weirdly different. I don't really understand it fully, but I do believe in Jack Campbell still. I think right now the Oilers got to play him as the backup, take away the money, do whatever. Just look at the two goalies to, as themselves. Skinner's clearly the better goalie on this team at the moment. And Campbell is playing like a backup goalie, maybe even a third string, but also I think he'll be fine. I really want to get into this conversation with Bag Milk, so we'll get to him in a minute here. But as always, we are live on the Nation Network YouTube, and the chat is absolutely buzzing. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a solid. Hit that like button as well. Deskra had a very interesting take, and I want to save that one uh, for BM because I know it's going to fire him up, and I love getting Bag Milk a little fired up. Um, someone said... Derek Ryan over Devin Shore. Yeah, 100%. Like, Devin Shore could come out of the lineup any day now, in my opinion. Um, he's not doing a ton in that bottom six. I would play Benson over him. I'd have Holloway playing as a centerman. I, I don't see a lot of reason to keep playing Devin Shore when when you maybe have... Uh, when you maybe have some younger, more energetic options sitting out, like in, in a guy like Tyler Benson. Uh, Riley says three goals should be enough to win. And that's kind of why I had the take of, like, they could have easily gotten a point last night. Like they probably played good enough to push that game to OT, although it's close. But like, I don't think they were miserable. I don't think they were brutal last night by any stretch. So um, it is Friday. And you know what we like to do every Friday. We like to bring in our boy bagged milk. So let's get into this week's bro down. It's Friday. So you know what that means? It's time for the bro down with bagged milk. First off, credit to you, Bagged Milk, because you're joining me in studio and you've been sitting like right across from me this whole time yes. behind the camera yes, with the mic on yes, and you didn't make a peep. Oh, I didn't know the mic was on or else I would have been talking the whole time. I was actually kind of surprised that you weren't, um, but your mic was hot the whole time and you just sat there. I think you took a picture of me at some point. I did. Yeah. Do I look handsome? Always. Clean shaven. Mm -hmm. How was the B-cast last I'm night? I'm a little annoyed with you, actually. Okay, sure. Let's do that. Because this. you shaved. Yeah. I wanted to see where it was going. I think we all know where it was going. Yeah. Well, we had stolen valor through the month of November. Clearly. Yes. And I feel like you should have been punished for not raising a dollar from November. Where it was heading, um, like in a cartoon when a train is heading towards a bridge and the bridge is already like collapsed, we knew where it was going. I didn't know where it was going. I wanted to see it get long and wispy. I was looking forward to it. Like dangling <laughs> over the mouth, maybe. I like do have a picture. Style. I shaved off just one half of it. <laughs> I took a picture of my face, half shaven, half not. It's kind of a funny picture. I bet it looks good. You uh, might have sent it to me. I wouldn't have ignored you like you ignored my text messages last night. But you ignored my text message before that. Well, I was on the phone though. I had a legit reason. I was in meetings. Mm, that's fair. And then you did say, sorry, I missed this. Yes, so, I did. Um, what I did just you didn't... say? Nothing. Not well, you thing. sent me a TikTok. Well, yeah. And I don't know, the TikToks you've been sending me recently are messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> like really messed up. <laughs> yeah, my algorithm's got a problem. Yeah, and then you share it with me and then it screws up my algorithm That's for like right. three days and it's just I want, all nonsense. I need you to suffer along with me. <laughs> okay. Today, before our show even started, mm -hmm. Deskro put in the chat, fire Dustin Schwartz. That one's an interesting one to me. I was just kind of going back and forth with Robin Brownlee on Twitter about it because I just like, of all the guys that have come and gone, mm -hmm. coaches, like if you look at the staff, the turnover, every position outside of Glenn Gullison, really has turned over multiple times. 
he's the he's the last guy. But then when Brownlee says it's not at all uncommon for coaches to get fired and the goalie coach to remain, I don't know why that is, but it's there's plenty of instances over the years across the league. I just I guess maybe I don't know what does a goalie coach do? Like what is he supposed to say to Jack Campbell right now, I guess? I think it's a lot of like technique stuff and all of that. And, you know, maybe Dustin Schwartz isn't the best goalie coach in the world or whatever, but I just look at it and someone, and they followed up and said 18 goalies in however many years since 2014. Okay. That is not on Dustin Schwartz. No. Like he, he can't make chicken soup out of chicken shit. We just a had a bunch situations. of bad goalies. Really. A bunch of bad goalies. And if you're going to sit there and be like, oh, fire uh, Dustin Schwartz because Campbell's playing bad. Jack Campbell's been here for two months. Yeah. I don't think he showed up here and Dustin Schwartz was like, well, you know what we're going to do? Stop <laughs> playing good. How about that? Thoughts, Jack? Yeah, just broke him like a matter of weeks. He's basically, Campbell's had 13 starts so far. And yeah. Dustin Schwartz was that's, just blaming for this. That, that's not enough time to just like blame the goalie coach. And also, Stuart Skinner's been great. And Stuart Skinner has developed in this system, in this Oilers program. So if you're going to sit there and be like, oh, fire, uh, fire, whatever, Schwartz, because of Campbell. Well, where's the credit for him working with Stuart Skinner? Stuart Skinner has been great, though I will admit I'm nervous about his last three starts. We have it up on the screen here. In his last five games, he does have three wins, but it's a 3.4 GAA and an 880 save percentage. He's maybe slipping a little bit, and it's his first time ever really having to be a carry the load starting goalie in the NHL. So maybe we should expect more of a slip. But the thing that's encouraging to me about him is even when he's maybe not at his best, he's making a big save and he's helping him win. I, I'm not going to, I've got no problems to do with Skinner at all. He's been the better yep. goalie by far where I get nervous is he's still a rookie yeah. and he's got to carry the bag right now. And I'm just, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. Not because I don't believe in Stuart Skinner. I think he's going to be fine. It's just, I think it's a lot very soon, absolutely quicker than we would have expected. Mm -hmm. Mike's VHS treasures makes a, a decent point in this argument. Are we concerned that Oilers goalies play better after they leave? Dubnik, Bressois, Talbot. I look at Talbot. Talbot came here and became a number one here. Yes. So again, like that would be a mark in the Dustin Schwartz's fine column. Dubnik, Dubnik had to go through a couple of stops before he yes. eventually figured it out. Yeah, and he figured he got, it out in Arizona. Figured it out in Arizona with Sean Burke. So yeah, maybe maybe you do need someone. And Frank Saravalli did on the DFO rundown said, uh, you know, maybe you reach out. Dusty Emu was the considered the Jack Is he an Campbell actual whisper. emu? I think it's spelled I-M-O-O. Emu? Imu? So he's not a bird. No, he's not a bird. He's Confirmed? Not, not one of the ostriches that was on the loose in Tabor, Alberta last All week. right, just checking. Um, but he was fired because he liked a bunch of tweets that were like insensitive, but he was considered the Jack Campbell whisper and things fell off for Campbell and Toronto when Emu was fired. Can we just like, you know, are that guy a couple of texts? Well, that's what Frank said. Frank was like, just bring him in behind the scenes. Don't even announce that you hired him. Yeah. Bring him in and let him work with Jack Campbell, which is maybe a little slimy if the dude's a bad guy or something based on the tweets he was liking. I don't, I don't even know who we're talking about. I would just assume we're talking about a giant bird. Yeah. I don't even really remember it either. Um, <laughs> But I just, I don't know where you go with Jack Campbell. And Gregor today on the rundown throw the idea of do what LA did with Cal Peterson. Send him down. No one's claiming him if you put him on waivers. I think it's too early to do that. Yeah, I agree. And like, but isn't Calvin Pickard hurt? So you'd be bringing up Olivier Rodrigue, who has been good. But like, holy shit. Is I mean, that what we're going to do? No, like it's not a good idea. I, I think that you have to give Campbell... Like, just like what we did last time. Give yeah. him some time in practice. 
He just needs to practice. He needs to feel good about his practice game because if he's not feeling good there, Allen Iverson style, yes, we're talking about practice. And it's not going to go into the game because I was listening to you before. He was he looked small in the net last night. He's not a small dude. Like even some pucks were beating him, and it was like the one that rang off the post in the first. I was he didn't even react really until it had hit the post. Like, yeah, I why not just give him bigger shoulder pads? Full on JS Shigarum. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like or Garth Snow in the nineties. Like that's what yeah. I want to see. Just they're stacked up to the top of his head. The interesting thing is that over the course of the next fifteen days. I think there's a couple of spots that could actually work pretty well for Campbell. I think you give him Wednesday against Arizona, no matter what. Like Arizona's not that good. Let him play Wednesday against the Yotes on home ice. And because I think you're going Skinner Saturday, no matter what. Totally. In all likelihood, you are going Skinner Monday against the Caps, unless something insane happens. I'm looking at, so we've got Montreal Saturday, Washington Monday, the Yotes on Wednesday and then back against the wild. I'm yep. giving Skinner three of those four. Yep. If we're, if we're going all the way from now until against the ducks on the 17th, I am going Campbell gets the coyotes because they're easy. Campbell gets probably the preds on the second of back-to-backs on the road again, or maybe you flip flop that, but one of those back-to-backs and then you're giving him the afternoon game against the ducks as well. Cause they're junk. I'm looking at the schedule and treating Campbell like a backup in the sense that you get the easy games. You get the ones where we look at and go, probably a free space on the bingo card. And I know it can be dangerous to think that way because there's no easy points in the NHL, but I'm starting Campbell, Arizona, one of the back-to-backs on the road, and then back at home against Anaheim and saying, hey, man, your next three starts are not going to be against tough opponents. Life should be pretty good for you. You have a lot of practice time in there because we're on home ice for a lot of this to figure it out, and that's how I handle them. If, If those three, if two of those three go bad, then maybe around Christmas time or just after Christmas time, you sit there and go, okay, man, you're going down. Putting you on waivers. No one's touching you, obviously. You're going to go play for a month in Bakersfield when Picard's healthy and we'll bring you back up in February. But if you go there, man, like part of the problem with Campbell is I think it's mental. And this was a thing in Toronto too. He, his confidence is shattered. He's down. So that's why like, I also have a hard time just piling on the guy. And I'm not saying that I expect Jack Campbell to be reading all our tweets and shit. Like, I don't think that that's happening, but ultimately you get a sense of the vibe, right? Like, so I just, I last night in the B cast, which you're trying to cancel. Um, I started off the thing by saying, listen, Jack Campbell was not good tonight. He wasn't good at all. And that's where I left it. Where I disagreed with your assessment of last night, I just don't think the team as a whole was very good. They only had twenty-one shots. Like you're not ten shots after forty minutes. Like you're not going to beat any team in this league with ten shots after forty minutes. But you know they're and it was a gift that Mark Andre Fleury gave them two goals on four shots. Yeah, they should have been better. But also they scored three goals, and three goals should get you to OT on most nights. Like if Campbell makes a couple of the stops that he we agree he probably should have, he should have been able to drag that game to OT. He would have had a 900 save percentage, would have been 27 for 30 or whatever. That game goes to overtime. Yep. So that, that's just where I come out on the, like sometimes, yeah, you're not going to have it. And in this sport, you need your goalie to steal you one. It just hasn't been happening, which is frustrating. But. Yeah. I just, I think that last night too, the yes, Campbell's a part of it, but the PK was just dreadful last They're night. They're always again. terrible. Like, and just oh, until God. they can figure that out, like the Oilers PK yeah. has allowed more goals than they've played games. So they're allowing more than one PK goal per game. You're not going to win shit if that's your stat. I don't care who's in net. I thought last night, I was just like, you could have brought Dominic Hasek from the 90s out last night. And I don't know that the Oilers would have won that game. They were so flat. If you look at like 12 forwards last night, yeah. how many of them do you give a passing grade? 
Uh, I thought Clem was good. And he of course, scored. our boy Clem gets his first. Sucks. There's only three seconds left, but yeah. hey, away she goes. Um, top line, I think, was good, even though they weren't generating as much as the night before, but they've been playing them so much. Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, probably just those four guys. I thought maybe there was a couple of shifts that the second line, Nuge, uh, Yanmark, Pugliarvi had a couple of shifts, but that's about it. Pugliarvi had a breakaway in the first period, didn't even get a shot on net. And then there was that one, there was in the second period or something like that, where that line had pinned the wild in their own zone for the entire shift. And then Matthias Yanmark takes a penalty right at the end of it. I don't know what it is about getting a penalty in the opposing zone and the offensive zone that just seems to hurt more. But then Kaprasov just boom in the back of the net, just like that. I blame myself because I had a parlay with our friends at Betway that Leon and Kaprasov are going to score. So I hit it. That's, that was probably pretty juicy. Too. Yeah, it was. So unfortunately, I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take the blame for that one. Davin says, imagine how demoralizing all those crappy calls were. I don't know. Again, you put up 20 shots, you lose the right to blame officiating. The offici- like There was three penalties each side. The Oilers lost a special teams battle last night. That's just the reality. They gave up two. They only scored one. Patrick says Skinner for sure should have played yesterday. Well, no, it was back to back. So no, they no, don't. You don't play them on back to back. No chance. Um, what else but that was like one of those games, right? Like you need, you can't just be giving Jack Campbell the the easy ones. You can't just give him the softball ones. Eventually, he has to go up against a team like the Wild or you know an Avalanche or like he did against Tampa Bay two weeks ago, yep. and you have to play the way you're supposed to. I don't care how much he's paid. Like, so people like I'm ignoring that right now. He is just not playing anywhere close to his potential. Yeah. If you want to be uh, cheered up, things aren't going good in Calgary either. Jacob Markstrom has been brutal. And Do you know about- that Sean Monahan has more points than Nazem Kadri? I'd literally written down my third thing I wanted to bring up with you. Word for word. Sean Monahan has more points than Nazem Kadri and Markstrom sucks. That feels it is good. wild. Like even Markstrom last night saying I'm not very good at hockey last night. It's one thing, like if you are looking for a silver lining after an Oilers loss, having the having the Flames also lose is well, I'll take it. Right now, the Flames are three points back of the Oilers with a game in hand. Granted, things aren't going good in LA either. Um, they have just four wins in their last ten games. Although both the Flames and Kings have more points than the Oilers over their last ten, but we'll ignore that. Um, but if the Oilers were to win their games in hand, they would catch the LA Kings. Cal Peterson's on waivers. They have no goaltending. Like the Pacific Division, for the most part, is in shambles with the exception of the Kraken. I don't understand it either. Like, what is happening? They're on the heater of all heaters. Aren't they like 11, 1, and 1 right now in their last, whatever that They've is? They've won seven games? in a row. They were <laughs> losing last night with like two minutes to go, tied it up, then won it seven seconds into OT on a Matty Beneers goal. It's unbelievable. Just bananas. They're playing at 117 point pace. It doesn't Crazy. make sense to me. We're getting to the point. It's almost like Vegas in their first year yeah. where we were like, okay, Kraken aren't going to be good, good again this year. And then it's going on. It's like, okay, good story off the jump. Wow, they're still hot. And at some point, the math just gets so hard in their favor. Mm-hmm. Like if they were to play 500 hockey the rest of the year, they're going to break the 90-point mark. Yeah. So as long as they play, Frank said at a 5-10 points percentage, they're going to be at like 97 points and make the playoffs this year. I learned my lesson from Vegas. I'm not saying shit about the Kraken falling apart. Yeah, because it might not. Not doing it. And their goaltending has been junk, and they're still doing this. Well, yeah, they're outscoring their problems. Yeah. <laughs> so nine, they won 9 8 the other night. Like it doesn't make any sense. That's wild. Uh, the last area I wanted to hit on with you was just the upcoming homestand here for the Oilers. Montreal on Saturday, Washington, Washington Arizona, Minnesota. What do you want to see them go here? 
three and one, three and one. Like first up tomorrow against the Habs. It's a five o'clock start. Love that. Mm-hmm. A little bit weird because they're here, but okay, whatever. You have to send those Habs fans home unhappy. You know Rogers Place is going to be half full of Canadians fans. Red jerseys everywhere. Their fucking ole olays are going to be coming out. I don't want to hear any of it. You have to go out and set the tone early tomorrow. <laughs> Surveyor Brett says, I'm only here for the Tyler and BM beef and they're being way too kind. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting a, a little bit more arguing today, to be honest. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. How was the beatcast last night? Spicy. I'd imagine people were fired up. It was very spicy last night. People were very angry. Um... Like the, a lot of talk about a Campbell buyout, which I think is just completely asinine. I don't understand it, but man, it was like, spicy. they're obviously not going to buy out Jack Campbell. Even if this season goes terribly, remember Jacob Markstrom's first year in Calgary when he signed that deal. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a direct comparison because it's not. Markstrom's at Markstrom was an all-star goalie for Better goalie. Yeah. He had a longer track record, I should say, yep. but his first season in Calgary, he finished the year with a nine Oh four, save percentage and a 268 goals against average. Mm-hmm. Not great numbers. And then he bounced back the next year and was a Vesna candidate. Here's up, the only number people need to think about. In years three and four of a potential Jack Campbell buyout, the Oilers would have 2.3 and $2.6 million in dead cap space. And let me remind you who needs to be signed in years three and four of this potential situation. And let me ask you if you think having that much dead space on the books is a good idea with those two contracts coming. It's not. It's not. And you need another goalie. Yeah, you would have Stop to find it. someone. Stop it. Uh, the Oilers, as it stands right now, heading into next offseason, are scheduled to have... million in cap space with McLeod, Skinner, Bouchard, Benson, Costin, Pugliarvi all coming off, all needing new deals as RFAs. Well, like, what's the likelihood of Yessa being here next year, from being honest? This was a conversation I had with Frank. Do you you think the Oilers would qualify him at his $3.3 million qualifying offer? 
Oh, because you know what that is? That's the Andreas Athanasiou situation. So if you're not going to qualify him and you're going to let him walk as a UFA, <laughs> do you not have to trade him at the deadline yes, this year? Yes, you do. Yes. But I also wonder too, like if you're going to flip him at the deadline, we're going to get a better per- a better fit for the role that he's penciled in at. I you, I know people aren't going to like hearing this, but I would say there is a greater than fifty percent chance that Puliyarvi's off this roster by March. I don't know if it's going to be at the deadline by the deadline. I can see your logic, but I just can't see any scenario where next October he's still here. But you're either trading with the deadline or letting them walk for nothing in the summer at this rate. Because yeah. I, and I'm just saying, like, I, I would qualify him at 3.3. I would do that, but I don't think Ken Holland will. So that's what I'm saying here is yeah. like, if they're not going to qualify him at 3.3, they have to move them so they don't lose them for nothing at the 100%. deadline. And that trade's going to hurt too. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt real bad. He's a fan favorite, but he's a fan favorite. And the reality is he's playing well right now. Goals aren't coming, but he's getting some assists, some nice assists. He's picked up a couple of primaries of the last yep. three games. So the only thing that frustrates me with the, the goals aren't coming conversation with Pugliarvi specifically is like for some guys, it's okay. The goals aren't coming because the goalies have made a couple of great saves on you. You've rang a few off the post. Like Zach Hyman. Like Zach Hyman. You got some called back. You're, you're getting to the right areas with him. It's like, Hey, you got a breakaway. This is a great like score. And he just muffins it. Yeah. And it's like, hey, he gets a puck in the slot. I lost it in the feet. Shot goes 20 miles an hour on the net. Like he's that, got uh, he's got a lot of like what Bouchard had where he's white knuckling that stick. Yeah. Like when Bouchard scored that first goal against New York, you could just see the weight lifted off his shoulders. And I want nothing more than for Yessa to have that same kind of experience. We need him as a reality. We fucking need him. Hundred percent, especially with the way, they, especially with how banged up they are right now. Yep. And what's Kyler Yamamoto doing? Like he was on that road trip, was he not? Yeah, but he like wasn't doing the intense drills and practices. What I heard, but he could be back any day now. You just got to go on a roadie for your trip with the boys. He really loves the Midwest. Yeah. He was like, I'm not miss, I'm not missing a chance to go to Minnesota in December. Yeah. No way. Hundred <laughs> percent. Loves Mall of America. Uh, you know what? We are forty days away from Christmas. Vegas. Ah. 40 days. It's December. <laughs> 30, 30, 34, 35 days away from Ukrainian Christmas. So you weren't far out there, but 40 days away from Vegas. I I'm very excited. Know. I've already got my pants laid out. Your panta. You yeah. only bring one pair. Well, yeah. It's a quick trip. Everything I just, I just wear it Joey Tribbiani style on the plane. That's all I bring. <laughs> no carry. No backpack, nothing. 40 bucks for a carry-on. I'm not paying that. Just not, walk nope. on with your laptop and that's yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to do that thing that I saw a bunch of girls doing on TikTok where I've got a pillow, but it's just full of shit. Oh, and that's how they've been getting yeah. around, like yeah. paying for carry-on? I mean, allegedly. Allegedly, in our opinions. Yes. Uh, we have hit 22 likes on our stream, mm-hmm. which is officially more than the Oilers had shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've never hit on YouTube. That is, we've hit it if you combine all of the streaming platforms. But I love YouTube. We've never hit triple digits in terms of how many people are watching at a time. We're at eighty-two right now. Ah, we're so close, mm. so close. Because people uh, are expecting me to fight you. I know. Yeah, we like really hyped this up as like a big day of beef and all of that. I even see Liam is poking the bear in the comments right now with his poll, and sixty-four percent of people do not want to cancel the Bcast like you do. Oh, is that a thing? Here's like you keep doing it. Nothing saying we can't have two post game shows. I'm glad you're changing your mind. But that was always my stance. I feel like the public pressure is getting you to cave. I've never caved to public pressure once. Sounds like you are right now. Ah, 
People are lighting you up. Ah. You're tired of it. I respect it. You can admit you're wrong. I know behind I know behind the scenes that Tyler will be like, I'm sorry that I did this to you. <laughs> uh, new episode of Oilers Nation Radio coming up later this afternoon as well. So we'll have uh, more great content there. It's a Friday, so no word association. I see someone was asking about that in the chat. Um, but Maybe we'll- it is a quick round. How about an impromptu round right now for you? I don't even... It takes me so long to prep for that segment. I can't do it on the spot. All right. December. Cold. Oilers December. Gonna be hot. I hope so. They've got some winnable games on the schedule right now. They just have to collect some points. You You can't make it through this month with some of the teams. Like You've got Arizona. You've got Anaheim. You've got the Predators twice. They've owned them. Vancouver just lost Demko for who knows how long. Yep. If you go three and one on this homestand... Split the doubleheader. Now you're four and one. Split the next two home games. Now you're five and two. Or sorry, you're five and three. That's a decent start right there. I also think St. Louis is beatable. Yeah, St. Louis is very beatable. You could definitely win both those home games. I'm saying we talked about this in November that this team could very easily just go on a run where they win like nine of 10, eight of 10 and really catch up that way. This month is ripe with opportunities to do exactly that. You had a three game winning streak. You're now three and one in your last four. You could easily rattle off four wins I wouldn't be the least bit stunned if they win all four of these home games coming up. First step, though, is don't let that loss last night turn into two. Yeah, don't let that linger. Got to find a way to beat Montreal tomorrow. Like, last night, Jake Allen stood on his head against the Flames. He had 46 saves or something like that. You got to find a way to score early on that guy. Mm -hmm. Rattle the cage. Get in front of him. The Habs are also such a one-line team right now. Like They're so beatable. So beatable. You cannot have one of those games where you play down to your opponent. I feel like that's a personal attack since you others are kind of a one-line team right now. I got You got to split up Connor and Leon. Yeah, I, I said that off the jump. You have and to. You got to go separate on home ice because, again, the Habs aren't that deep. So split them up, and one of those two should have a gravy matchup for the entire game. Run yep. McDavid and Hyman on the top line with Costin on the left side. Run Nuge, Nuge Drysaddle, and someone on the second line. Hopefully Yamamoto's back. You go Nuge, Drysaddle, Yam, and then you're good to go. That'd be his 200th NHL game. Yamamoto? Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah, he's been sitting on 199 this He's been sitting time. on 199 for a long time now. The fact that he took the trip means he's close. Although, granted, he's been day-to-day for a month. Again, maybe so he likes Minnesota, like you said. Yeah, Mall of America, all that good stuff. Big fan of Minnesota. He was Loves hoping. airplane food. <laughs> like any chance to get on a plane, I'm in. Yeah. Like when Evander Kane flew to New York for no reason. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Free trip to New York? I'd take yeah. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to move along here. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah, anytime. This was a, this was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's get to the wrap for today's show. Wrapping up today's show, we're going to get to some betting talk in a moment here. I'm still here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you told me the mic was hot. That was a mistake. That was mistake number one. You're basically just not going to go away for the rest of the show now. But I was going to let Liam hop on. Uh, someone said Domi Kane Taves trade. All three. What would we have to give up? <laughs> That's $23 million in salary. Like you can't, Liam. You just can't. Maybe we can just do it on like NHL GM mode or something like that. That'll probably work out. We'll trade Yamamoto, Pogliavi, Fogel, Campbell, three first round picks, and our two top prospects, and they'll keep 50% on all three. I think that'll work. Well, well, like there's that too. You would have to get a third party team to get in on this deal. 
so that you could get the 23 million cut to like 12 and then cut to six again. And then you could throw in Fogel and Pugliarvi. And now we've made the money work. Now we got to talk mm-hmm. assets. It's probably Broberg. It's a first round pick. Boom. Chicago Borgo. still hasn't got. Yeah. Borgo probably as well. And then like mm-hmm. another mid round pick, probably four to five assets and all that. And then you have to pay off that third party team that's eating six million dollars for the rest of the year. It's, uh, yeah, they're not getting all three. Is the point I'm uh, who's I'm outlining here? Do it. you get one Doable. of three? Tips. Domi. Liam? Liam. I love Max Domi. I, I know, but like I if you had the choice between Caves and oh well, actually Patrick Kane. Then if I'm not being realistic, then Patrick Kane's my guy. I've been on this yeah, one I agree, for a though, while. If you're factoring How can we not in, want like, that guy? If you're factoring in acquisition cost into all of this, then I can see like, yeah, okay, it's Domi, right? Because he won't cost you nearly as much. But Taves is the, is the guy who is, he walks the line of like, he's realistic to get and he would fit like a damn glove on this roster. So would Patrick Kane. No, would he? Where, why wouldn't Yes. He? he doesn't help you defensively. Who cares, man? You're going to score. We need goals. If you score yeah, more Taves goals than the other team, that helps defensively. Mm-hmm. If you win Taves the game, that's He'll good. help you in both ends. Will he, though? I I noticed Taves once the other day, and that was when he was on the ice after he got buried on that power play with like five minutes left in the game. Although, to be fair, Liam, Jonathan Taves does have eight goals in 22 games so far this year. That contract Doesn't year Patrick Kane you know? only has three? Patty Kane? Yeah, and you want him. <laughs> <laughs> My boy Max Domi has seven or eight now, so let's just get him. If we All of them that. against the Oilers, too. Yeah, he does have like three <laughs> against the Oil Egg. Mike says, you all know Uncle Kenny is just going to trade for Gustav Nyquist and then be done. You know that's true, too. Like, it's so hurtful that it's accurate. <laughs> Who can he pluck off the Red Wings roster? <laughs> just go get them. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be Danny DeKaiser and like, no. I don't even know if he's playing anywhere. Yeah, but that's the kind of guy who's like, well, reclamation project, Danny DeKaiser. I can't wait for the post-trade deadline press conference. That's the Oilers got Jack Johnson. And then Ken Holland will say, well, Evander Kane coming back is like a deadline <laughs> ad. There you go. Isn't it, yeah. Shit. Isn't it Jared funny Smithson? that every, every trade, Jared Smithson, every trade deadline, Ken Holland has acquired a defenseman. Mike Green, Kulikov, and Kulak. Every yeah. year he gets a defenseman. That's the issue every single year, and he goes out and gets one. So I'm actually like, the more I think about it every time, we're like, oh, we need a defenseman, we need a defenseman. It's 100% true. But I got a feeling, Ken Holland obviously knows we need a defenseman. I got a feeling he's, he'll figure it out. He's a, He's been a good GM for us, and he's, I think he's taken a lot of heat recently, and I'm not here for it. Someone in the chat, who was it there? Um, Riley says, I was looking at Orlov. With the caps, I think Orlov doesn't give you enough defensively. I think you need uh, you need to get someone who's a little bit meaner, hard to play against. I don't I don't think Orlov is quite that guy. Um, decent D man and a centerman. We're gonna beat that to death over the next few months. Uh, let's get into our bets for today. Brought to you by Betway. Liam, what do you got this evening? Hello? You hit the over last night. I did hit the over. I. I should have just stuck with my guns and gone with a dry side of McDavid goal, but I got a little cheeky with him on with Hyman. I thought he was due. But tonight, Adam Fox, if he's getting a point, it's an assist. So let's just go with an Adam Fox assist. He's been burying points for the last however long now, and 
Minus 150, obviously not a massive payout, but I got a feeling he's probably going to get one if he does get a point. And Johnny Gaudreau, sneakily been like pretty hot in his last four or five games. He has three, uh, two or more points in his last four games. So that's three or four games. Yeah, there you go. So playing Winnipeg tonight, back in Canada. Let's go with a Johnny Gaudreau spicy one. Plus 187 to get two points against the Winnipeg Jets tonight or more. He's hit that in 11 of 10 games this year, which means if you bet it at that Crazy. price, you would be up like almost 10 units on the year just hammering that every game. That's crazy. Or, oh, sorry. I thought Johnny you were doing Gaud- assists. You're doing two plus points. Um, Yeah, he's hit that in three of five. Sorry. Johnny Gaudreau. Alex, I know you don't just- have a graphic for this, but I'm going to go Rangers regulation win over the Senators. The Senators suck real bad. And you know Alex is an Ottawa guy too, so he's angry. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Uh, I'm going Rangers puck line, Jets puck line, and my shot props today are Noah Dobson and Mark Shifley. So those are my four bets. Also, Surveyor Brett, get ready. NFL bets. Uh, my NFL picks for the week. I'm taking a teaser with the Falcons and the Chargers up to plus seven and plus eight, respectively. The Ravens minus nine and a half is my favorite spread pick. And my favorite prop is Falcons receiver Drake London over 36 and a half yards. He's crushed this in three straight. He's starting to get the ball a ton. And I think that uh, the Falcons will be able to move the ball up and down the field pretty well. So Drake London, Ravens and a Falcons Chargers teaser are my NFL picks. Any NFL stuff you like, Liam? Uh, I'm just having a quick peek here. The Lions have been pretty good recently, and they are plus one at home on the spread against the Jags. Maybe that could be a good little spot. Um, I mean, I'm going to go to the other kind of football, and I'm going to go with England to beat Senegal by two goals or more. There you go, England on Sunday. It's still coming home, folks. It's still coming home. I will add in Neil Robertson over Mark Selby and Snooker. What's that paying out? Uh, he's heavily favored, so minus 550. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lock, damn it. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, Neil Robertson over Mark Selby. Time's that start at? Uh, I think we're underway. We're underway. All right. Okay, we got to get that up on the TV <laughs> behind us. Um, Liam, you get down to the office. You can catch the end of this snooker match. And then yeah, we'll do Oilers yeah. Nation Radio after that. And look at us. We got a, we got a day plan. <laughs> easy, easy peasy. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, that's going to be a wrap on today's edition of Oilers Nation every day. Shout out to everyone that tuned in 34 likes. I think that's close to a record for uh, for this show, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, shout out to Cornerstone Insurance. Soho Yeg down on Jasper Ave this weekend. Whether you're looking for lunch, dinner, a spot with some music, Soho's got it all. Also, Short for the Giant. We're going to be back tomorrow with the Short for Giant game day edition of the show. And of course, the Sports Closet. We are coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio where they got some beautiful Connor McDavid reverse retro gear like the jersey that's hanging up beside me. Check it all out. They got some really cool t-shirts as well with the reverse retro gear on there as well. Sportscloset.ca. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again tomorrow at noon. Enjoy your Friday night, everybody. 